Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that Chasing Health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming the best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I have with me today, Stephen Thibert. Really excited to have him on the show today. Him and I got in a conversation. Well, first, we met back in Scottsdale at one of the NCI events, as I have with many of my other guests I've on the show recently. And a few weeks back, we got into a great conversation about emotional eating right after I had, you know, I had put a post out there that I'd gone a month without binge eating after I'd struggled last year a lot with that. And so we really got into a deep conversation about that and wanted to kind of bring one to the show, talk more about that. But he himself has also gone through a pretty incredible weight loss journey. And so I want to let him um, share that as well with you today. Welcome Stephen to the show. So glad you're here. Thanks, Chase. Appreciate you having me on, man. Of course. Absolutely. So before we kind of dive into the topic, you know, Go ahead. You know, I mentioned that you have a weight loss journey. Tell us more about yourself. What's it look like? Yeah, man. So in terms of my own journey, who man, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. So I'm 32 years old now, um, and so when I was 16, I was obese. I was um, over 320 pounds. Um, and something I've talked about in like earlier content that I've done, but not not something I talk about a ton anymore. Which um, I think definitely should probably do some more um, content around that. But um, but yeah, man, I mean, I was formerly obese. So I was, you know, 16 years old, over 320 pounds. Um, basically, the funny story is, is my parents caught me smoking weed. And so they sent me away to a wilderness camp. Um, and throughout this, well, I, it's a long story, but like, my mom freaked out, sent me to like, you know, rehab with all these crazy drug addicts and things and didn't belong there. So then their therapist who's now my therapist um, sent me to, they sent me to this wilderness camp in the middle of the desert in Idaho, um, which is kind of funny because uh, it was called Seuss and the place had to be shut down and rebranded because there were like two kids that literally died. And so it's, it was pretty intense. Like, it's not like, it was pretty intense, man. We're talking like sleeping on the ground basically in like a makeshift uh, uh, a sleeping bag. It was like, you know, plastic wrap, basically you pack a 40 pound pack every single day. Um, you know, and, and you, you carry it on your back. Um, you get, you get this can of peaches the very first day. And like, that's like your first meal when you're in like orientation or whatever. And, uh, little do you know, like every meal that you eat, you cook in that fucking can of peaches throughout your time there. I mean, it's, it was, it it was intense. Right. I like, I try, I was in an entitled little shit at the time I'd like to say. So like, I tried to run away, you know what I mean? And like made them let me call my mom and she's like, no, you got to do this. And I was like, man, I guess I'm just, and I've always had a lot of drive and determination. So I'm like, man, I guess I have to just double down and do this, you know? And so um crazy thing is by the end i'm like making fire with a bow drill and and stuff like that it was actually a pretty cool experience taught me a lot about like independence and and just you know my own abilities but that being said you know i lost like 40 pounds just hiking like three four miles every day for like i was out there for like 40 some days you know um yeah it was nuts man and so 
um, you know, coming home, like just started to get more attention. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, you know, and, and obviously when you lose weight, people start to take notice, even if it's just a little bit. Um, and so part of my agreement coming home was like, you got to continue on this like fitness journey, right? So really, at the time, I just knew how I didn't know anything about fitness and nutrition, which is kind of funny looking back, you know, 16 years later, um, mm-hmm. I know quite a bit, but, um, but, uh, so man, over those like next 18 months, I just was in the gym every day on the treadmill. Like I just became, a, I guess, a cardio bunny, right? Like I was just walking every single day. Um, and over 18 months, literally just through walking, I tell everyone, and this is why it can be so simple. I think, especially for those that start with a lot of weight to lose, it's like, all I did was be active every single day. So I just walk on a treadmill every single day. I cut out, you know, fast food. I stopped eating fast food still to this day. Don't really eat fast food. I don't have anything against it. Like some of my clients do it's just not my thing. Um, I might have like Chipotle here and there, but that's like it, you know, fast food mm-hmm. kind of grosses me out still to this day. But like I cut out fast food. Um, I cut out like sugary soda. Right. So would only drink like diet soda. Um, and then I just cut out candy and like a lot of sweets. I used to eat a lot of that, like, you know, like the little Debbie and shit like that and just all kinds of candy. Right. So those are the three things that I cut out and and, you know, it was just walking pretty much every day. And over 18 months, I lost like 100 pounds. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was like the initial part of my journey. Right. Um, I was just getting into weightlifting at the time. Um, and I was starting to work with a personal trainer um, who I'm still in actually uh, uh, communication with. Um, and I got in a car accident just as I was getting into lifting and learning more about lifting. You know, I saw these guys lifting and I'm like, everybody lifting women, men, you know, I'm like, damn, this looks like way more fun than just sitting on this treadmill every day, listening to music right Mm -hmm. now. There's anything wrong with that. So I started getting into lifting and like, I'm only into it for a couple months, not even really on a, just really starting to learn the, the nuances and the, and how things go. And I got into a car accident and I got T-boned and I started to get migraines when I would lift. And so not knowing anything about health, like I know now, right? Um, I was kind of scared for my own health. I was like, man, it got to the point where like, even doing a bicep curl, I would get like a headache. And I was like, I don't know if this is any good. Nobody could really guide me. There was no one at the time to, to guide me in the right way. And so at that time, man, um, you know, I, uh, I fell away from the gym. Like I was involved in, I'm in Washington state and there was a really big uh, medical marijuana industry here before recreational. So got very, very involved in that industry for like five years, fell away from the gym. And the crazy thing I learned later on being in, you know, our industry now is like, um, I learned that like, it was actually kind of a miracle or kind of crazy that I was able to keep all the weight off without really any focus on it. Like I never tracked a calorie. I wasn't exercising at all. I had just made those simple changes that allowed me to maintain that weight loss, you know, within a maybe five, 10 pound range. Right. Mm So, um, that being said, man went through another, uh, well went through some, obviously a lot of things in those five years, but you know, was one day I was like, I, how old was I? I was like, um, 24. And I was kind of just like having this existential crisis, like not super happy with the life I was leading. And remember sitting in this, you know, big house I had, um, like a three bedroom house at the time, uh, just for like for myself. And I remember like sitting there and just having, you know, those existential questions, like, what is the meaning of life? Like, why am I even here? Like, you know, and, and so due to that, um, I remember like passing a gym, a local gym one night and like, 
really wanting to go from like this guy who had lost all this weight, who was kind of like, you know, average. I considered myself average at the time, just an average build. I was like, man, I want to get back into lifting. I want to learn more about lifting. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, really dove into it, dug out like my strength training anatomy book, um, started getting into strength training really heavy, like started looking up things on the internet, found guys like Jay Ferrugia and John Romanello and T Nation, right? This was like almost a decade ago. So there wasn't like obviously the my rate of information and, and, and people out there that there is today. Um, and yeah, man, I dove into it. And, and so literally, I mean, so another traumatic event happened like eight months after that. And I, I say that the gym kind of saved my life, like put me in a position where, you know, over the course of those eight months, I made a lot of changes. Like this time I was like, I'm invested. I'm going to get more than little baby bicep bumps. I'm going to, you know, um, I'm going to dive into nutrition teach myself how to cook. So like at 24 taught myself how to cook, um, you know, didn't even know how to like make a chicken breast at the time. Right. <laughs> taught myself how to cook really dove into the, the science behind strength training. And after eight months, you know, I'm noticing a ton of changes. I've lo lost more fat. I've gained a ton of muscle body recomps. And people in the gym are like asking me, like, you know, people start to take notice because a lot of people in the gym, we know that like they just stay the same for years and years and years. And so people are asking me, how did you do this? How did you do that? So anyways, going through another traumatic event that really affected my career, we won't dive super into that. But um, that like made me realize, like, man, I think I'm kind of good at this stuff. So, um, you know, maybe I'll pursue this as a career. And that's, you know, when I came became a personal trainer and went down the coaching path, um, eight years ago. And so, um, to kind of top off the story, the height of my fitness journey was 2017. I, um, I decided I wanted to, cause you know, losing so much weight and you, I'm sure you'll appreciate this losing so much weight. Like I had this loose skin and I wanted, I never knew like, man, am I ever going to be able to get rid of this without surgery? Cause I'm like, whoever, like, I'm not for that. If you, if you are cool, like that's your thing. I don't think I'll ever get that for me. It's kind of like the mark of the beast. It's also like when I notice I get insecure or I'm having trouble with that, I, I realize it's a prime opportunity for like you know, cultivating that self-love, that self-compassion. I've done mm -hmm. a lot of work on the personal development side. However, I wanted to see how lean I could get, right? And so in 2017, about four and a half years ago, um, I dieted all the way down to like 172 pounds at like 6% wow. body fat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at the height of it, um, I've lost like over 150 pounds, you know? Um, and, and so to bring it all back to what we want to talk about today is... Um, you know, I was talking to someone about this the other day, a friend of mine, we were out to dinner and um, I was telling her that, you know, it's kind of crazy how um, I did this show and I had been this kid my whole life that was like, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. Right. And now I'm in a position where so it, the show fucked like I didn't go on uh, steroids. Another thing, I, I, obviously, you notice I'm polarizing in terms of I stand on my my islands in these areas. I'm not big on um, steroids or anabolics, never taken them, never will. If you do. Cool. Not my thing. Um, and so um, it was one of those things where it fucked up. My, my testosterone was like next to nothing. Mm -hmm. My T3, my thyroid was screwed up. My adrenal glands were screwed up. I mean, I was at like a thousand milligrams of caffeine at the height of it, like, you know, borderline oh. heart attack type stuff. Right. And so I was telling her it was crazy being this kid. My whole life is like, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. And now I'm having trouble gaining weight. Like I literally can't even put on weight. Cause obviously 
my metabolism is like this stoked fire. You know, I'm on this surplus where at this time I just gone through precision nutrition uh, level two and become became a nutrition coach and felt like I was really getting a grasp on that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of crazy. I got a doctor to work with me and allow me to run blood work and like create my own like reset testosterone plan. And I was actually able to triple it within 12 weeks. Again, another story. But, um, you know, it's crazy because like the weekend. So like throughout the week, I would eat like a twenty eight hundred calorie surplus. And then which is surplus for me, because, you know, like those of us that have lost a lot of weight, typically we're not, you know, we kind of have messed up metabolisms. Right. And it takes a long time to reset that. Like even today, when I'm in a deficit, I'm usually around like 2000 to 2200 calories. It's not a ton of food. Um, and that's just what works for me. Um, I was on this surplus and then the weekends, man, was just a free for all. Like I would eat so much food, man, to try and gain weight. And it just like, wasn't working, you know? And, uh, but, but so, uh, the point of this story is one time, I got super high, I smoked a bunch of weed and I ate so much food that literally my, I would always eat to like my stomach hurt, which is another issue that we can talk about. But, um, bro, I got so, I ate so much food that I ended up puking. Right. And it was like, and my, one of my ex-girlfriends, like I puked all over the stairs and she had to like clean it up and it was like disgusting. Right. And like, I realized like, oh my God, like, I've lost over 150 pounds and my relationship with food is still so fucked up. Like, why do I have these, why do I have these tendencies to emotionally eat or to binge eat or, or whatever it may be? Like, this is very unhealthy. And so, um, that's really when I, I, I really started to go down that path of like, I want to heal this relationship once and for all. And, by the way, it's not something that one thing I like to tell clients is like, it's not something that you ever, um, I don't think you ever like completely heal it. I think you heal your relationship with it and you learn how to navigate it and you learn the things that, um, you know, put you in those situations or lead you towards those tendencies. Mm -hmm. And when you can work on that stuff, the emotional eating pops up a lot less, you have a better understanding of it and you're able to approach it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent. And I, I, I feel like that's something that, and I was actually just having a conversation with a friend um, this morning, actually. Um, she was sharing with me that she, you know, she's had her struggles as well, like recently, but it's been also like, you know, two months of, um, you know, she, she struggles with um, bulimia and she said she relapsed earlier this or last year and been two months without it. And she brought up a good point where it's like, we think that like, once we recover, so to speak, that it's done with, and it's never going to come back. And we really, you know, you, and it's, we just kind of push it off, but then when it comes back up, it scares the hell out of us, but we have to then learn how to, like you said, not really necessarily like, you're not going to get rid of the problem. You just learn to work with it better in the future. So I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, uh, it's really fascinating, you know, because, um, obviously we all want to rid ourselves of, of those type of things. Right. And be like, I'm never going to deal with this again. But the fact of the matter is you're always going to deal with it in some regard, because at the end of the day, um, we're emotional beings, you know, and I was having a conversation. I was actually in a friend's Facebook group and we talked about this, um, on maybe a little bit more service level than you and I will go, but like, it ended up getting pretty deep actually. And, you know, the crazy thing is, is like, um, 
I truly feel like all of those tendencies come from, you know, a lot of times they become habitual, but like, why do we engage in them in the first place? And oftentimes it's, I would say every time is an emotional eating or emotional reason. Right. And that's why it's called emotional eating. It's because we're not processing those emotions in a healthy or constructive manner. And so now we're suppressing emotions in another way. Mm -hmm. And this is just, we're using food to, to make us feel better, right. To get rid of those feelings, to numb those feelings. And one thing I talk about a lot is like, Especially I come from, you know, I talk about using marijuana and I come from like a family of, of addiction. And so I have to be really careful whether it's marijuana consumption or alcohol consumption. Thankfully, like I've never gotten into anything else. But I think as human beings, it's like we have to realize like we can numb our emotions in so many ways. Right. Mm-hmm. It can be drugs, alcohol. It can be, you know, binging Netflix. It can be uh, playing video games for hours on end. Right. It can be all kinds of things. It can be food. Right. And so this is really where emotional eating comes from is not knowing how to process emotions in a healthy manner. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm such a big advocate of personal development of therapy. I've been in and out of therapy for eight years, pretty consecutive, like doing at least one session a month, because I'm just a huge advocate of that. Cause at the end of the day, like we're human beings and we're emotional creatures and we have to accept that as fact and learn how to to work with it instead of trying you know deny it or or hide from it right yeah i agree and taking a step back here where did you see like these like do you know do you remember like back when you started noticing your first like difficult relationship with food even like while you were overweight in the very beginning before your weight loss yeah that's the weird thing right that's the super weird thing man is like that's going to be some stuff that's going to, I guess, have to be dug up through like, uh, you know, because I still feel like I have a lot, I've done a lot of work and I've come a long way and I've, I've done a lot of work in therapy. But it's like, that's almost one of those things I'm going to have to do some really deep digging because I feel like maybe the trauma was so powerful that like I, I numbed it out. I really feel like I was comfortably numb for a long time, even throughout that entire weight loss journey. So it's like, when I think back, and so that really blows my mind is like, how the fuck did I even lose all the weight? I think it was really just an indomitable will. Like I'm going to do this. And I, like I, once I started to lose weight, I was like, Oh, this is easy. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I know is different than a lot of people's journeys, but like for me, losing the weight was not hard. Like it was actually pretty easy. It was once I got leaner and then like had the last, you know, what do you call it? Like last 10, 15 pounds Mm -hmm. or whatever to lose. That's when it was like a motherfucker. It was super hard. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But that being said, like, I think back and I'm like, man, you know, I think I I was just addicted to fast food as a kid. Right. And like Mm -hmm. that comes back to like me being able to like manipulate my mom. And then like I was I was actually reflecting on this the other day. I was like, you know, my dad, when he had us in the evenings when my mom would work, um, my dad still like eats fast food to this day. And, um, you know, I think it was just easy for him to like instead of cook a meal, oftentimes just like, hey, like I, I grew up with a younger brother as well like hey i'll just get like fast food for me and the boys and so there's just a lot of fast food like multiple times per week and i think that was a lot of it but also just having like no understanding around nutrition it was just like you know you eat dessert all the time or you you know you just eat snacks all the time and and not that there's anything wrong with that but it was just like 
no real understanding. There was no rhyme or reason to it. So um, that's an interesting thing, man, is like I didn't really realize the the um, the tendencies until I had lost over the 100 pounds. And then it was like I would notice weird things. Right. I would notice like um, sometimes I would like take food to bed with me or like sometimes I would like wake up in the middle of the night and like be in front of my pantry. Right. Which can to be fair, can sometimes be influenced by like the, maybe like the marijuana or whatever. Right. But, um, (laughs) but, um, but still it's like, why, why did that, why did that kind of happen? Right. And so it's kind of just an interesting thing is like, um, but I don't think I really tapped into it and was like, this is a problem and this needs to be addressed until about four and a half years ago, because um, ultimately I was still able to achieve results uh, throughout. Right. And, and, but it was like, but it got to this point, I was thinking about this too. It's like, I was telling my friend as well, when we were at dinner is like, I remember like almost every weekend I would eat until my stomach hurt. Right. Like almost every Sunday I would, it was like normal. It was like what I did, you know, it became, again, it became habitual. It was Mm -hmm. like, well, and, and so like, I found a way to quote unquote cheat the system. I don't know if you've ever heard of like the book engineering the alpha it's called man 2.0 it's written by john romanello and adam bornstein who are like legends in the fitness space and Mm -hmm. basically um it's a there's a there's a nutrition plan in there that'll really help you um you know speed up your metabolism so you basically go keto for like the first month and then that obviously makes you really insulin sensitive especially if you get below like 15 percent body fat um so then you're able to like really build some muscle right and so i think i lost like 12 pounds or something just that first month doing keto. And we know a lot of that is just, you know, water weight and things like Mm -hmm. that. However, um, however, what's crazy is like in the second phase, they teach you that, like, which there's a lot of stuff out there. Like even Jason talked about this on a recent mind pump podcast is like, you would be on like steady on your plan and like really diligent about tracking calories Monday Mm -hmm. through Saturday. And then Sunday, you would literally go crazy. Like nothing was off limits. Like you would just go crazy on food. And then Monday you would fast for 40 hours, <laughs> like, like literally fast the entire day. Wow. And hormonally, the crazy thing is though, the crazy thing about it is the research shows that if you can do this, which by the way, anybody listening, don't do this, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> like, like hormonally, hormonally, you'll actually, you can wake up leaner Tuesday than you did Sunday morning like sometimes no matter how much food you eat and then you fast all day Monday. So it's actually really nuts how it worked. But like, I fell into this trap where like, I was like, Oh my God, like for this kid that loves food and is like obsessed with food. Right. And had a fucked up relationship with food. It was a perfect storm. Cause I was like, this is amazing. I can do whatever the hell I want on Sunday and not gain any weight from this stuff. Right. It was just such a toxic mindset and it got to the point man where like i was working so hard in the gym at the time i was waking up at like 4 30 in the morning training clients from like five and or six in the morning until like one or two then coming home training clients out of my garage and i remember like mondays would be straight up like depressing like i like would not even want to like face mondays because i wasn't gonna be able to eat and at first it was like this power of the mind. Like, I'm just determined I'm going to do this. But then it became so habitual that I'm like, man, I hate Mondays. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, yeah. And, and I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah, like those listening, like the, definitely not the like strategy you want to go down. Like you said, it can really kind of mess up your relationship with food and kind of your mindset along the entire process. Um, how do you see that come? How do you see your relationship with food nowadays? Yeah, great, great question. And yeah, like to reiterate, definitely don't do that. Like it's, it's, um, I, I wouldn't even do that anymore. Right. Um, and, and knowing what I know now, and even my relationship with food now, which is, I would say is great. And we'll dive into that is like, um, man, I'm, I, sometimes I wish I never found that route and not like, and, but John Romanell has done a ton for me in my life. Um, and, and so I, I definitely have to credit him and the dude's a genius, but like, not every strategy is going to work for every person. And I don't think that's a strategy that a lot of people should ever implore because it's just, it's, it's, it can become very toxic. Um, yes. So definitely want to touch on that because I'm not about that, but, um, and it would never have a client do that, which is kind of funny to think about, right. Why did I put myself through this so much? Um, mm-hmm. And then, like I said, it just kind of became a trap. Right. But um, now, man, uh, I would say now I, I feel like I have an amazing relationship with food, you know, and um, there are there are I have my moments as we mm-hmm. all do. But I think I've learned over the years is like, you know, it's not about being perfect, you know, and and me, I'm a person that my goals, my personal goals are always going to be um, build as much muscle as possible, stay relatively lean. So I stay between typically like 180 and 190 pounds a year round. I'm six foot tall and somewhere between probably like that 10 to 12% body fat mark. Again, I've been, I haven't missed a lift in, uh, over eight years, right. It's been over eight years since I've missed a lift. I lift four to six times a week. I'm a huge, uh, advocate and proponent of, of strength training. Right. And so built a lot of muscle throughout my years. Um, obviously lost a lot of fat multiple times over. Um, but I kind of never go out of those parameters. And I would say nowadays my relationship with food is very healthy. Um, because I've just done so much work around it. You know, it's like, um, the, the emotional eating rarely ever pops up anymore. If it does, it's like, um, you know, I, I can't really remember the last time I truly like binge ate in terms of eight until like my stomach hurt. Um, sometimes with emotional eating, you can start to walk down that path. I'm sure you know what I mean is like, you might have an emotional tendency. And then you start eating things out of because I plan a lot of what I eat. And so sometimes I'll start eating things that are, quote, unquote, like off what I'd planned for the day or put into mm-hmm. my macros. And then I'm like, but then subconsciously, or I guess consciously, I start thinking like, man, what are you doing? Like, is this a wise decision? Like, why are you making this decision? Right. And then sometimes, and I tell clients, this is like, sometimes, you know, it's like the two voices in your head. Like sometimes the one voice is like, well, shut the fuck up. I want to eat this. And then other times it's like, whoa, you need to chill out a little bit. Or it's like, okay, we're just going to have a serving of this and like a serving of this, whatever a serving looks like some, cause sometimes it can be just like pulling from the bag. Right. Mm-hmm. But my point is, is like, and this goes back to not being perfect. My point is I'm always able to stop before I eat to the point of being uncomfortable. And I was telling my friend and client the other day, I was like, you know, I think for me, it's just come to come down to, um, I don't like how I feel when I overeat like that, you know, it's like, one, I feel uncomfortable in the moment, but then the next day I'm like, what happened? Like, I don't beat myself up, but I'm like, what happened? Like, why did I get out of control? Like, why, 
what 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 was the driver that made that take place um mm-hmm. and i even do that with any emotional eating episode and those happen you know those do happen right i mean those those that happened as late as like probably a couple weekends ago you know what i mean but um but again a lot of times i'm able to really stop it and turn it on its head and i think i think that just comes with years of practice and experience right the awareness being being so heightened if that makes sense yeah, I know it makes complete sense. And I think that's one of the things to point out here is like how you have to really like, it's one of the hardest things to do, but you have to kind of stop yourself mid, mid binge or mid, mid, whenever you're having that emotional feeling, it's like you have to kind of bring it from the unconscious to conscious. And that's one thing I've been working on a lot with myself. And, you know, I think that's a, you know, it, it's much easier said than done. I mean, wouldn't you agree? But it, it's something that we have to, you know, it just takes in putting more reps in each and every week. I mean, and you're going to have the days where you are going to mess up and you're going to overeat and more than you wanted to, but that's okay. And you know, the biggest thing is like, don't restrict in response to it the next day, just get right back on track doing what you normally would do the next day. There's no reason to react to it. It's just, you know, get right back to it. I think it's the biggest takeaway from that. Yeah. And, and I love this and I have a couple of points to make actually, but like, um, I, I love to say that like with clients and just anything in life, it's like, awareness is a one-way street so it's like once you become aware of what's going on you like it literally causes you to act out of integrity to go to to ignore it right to to Mm -hmm. become ignorant of the fact right and so now it's like once you're aware might be uncomfortable it might bring anxiety but you have to address it if you want to move forward and so something actionable that we could give the listeners, right. That I'm a big fan of in terms of emotional eating is like, um, I always go through these, these, this, this frame with clients and I've helped quite a few clients overcome their emotional eating. Actually recently, I'm super proud of a client because she wanted to lose fat so bad. And like, we realized she really had a lot of work to do around emotional eating. And for her, she's a chronic dieter, right? So it took her a long time to get to the point where, you know, she could even like actually navigate the weekends and going out with people, which is like another conversation, right? And the social influences and all of that. And it's like, you know, she's on a streak right now where I think she had told me, and it's funny because I told her, I said, you know what I do is I just string together consecutive days. And once I reach like, you know, two plus weeks of, of good days, I know that I'm on a roll. And like a lot of times that momentum rolls. And right now she's on like, she had like 27 days of like staying within her calories and staying That's super awesome. consistent, not restricting. Right. And we have her eating like 1800 calories right now. Her metabolism has responded so well because we've been doing this for like four months. Now she's down like six pounds in the last month just because. And I told her, I said, the number one thing you have to do is just build the skill set of tracking and, and, you know, navigating that in the right way filling yourself up with the nutrient dense foods and you will lose fat. But I still we can't even transition because she asked me at one point over a month ago, it's like, when can we transition to a fat loss phase? And I said, once you have the foundational skills down and you're navigating this emotional eating better, right. I had to really like be blunt with her, you know, mm-hmm. and now, now she's killing it. And so one thing that I tell clients is like food and feelings journals are so powerful. Right. And I actually learned this in my, in my PN days. And it's like, there's a couple of different ways that you can do this, right? If you're really struggling with emotional eating and you cannot pull yourself from the grips of it, what you really should think about doing is like journaling how you're feeling before you even eat anything, like literally just pulling out a journal or pulling out your phone 
and journaling about how am I feeling right now? Then eat the food and then journal about how you feel afterward. And you're not going to be consistent with that every single time, but you'll notice a lot of times the times that you don't journal about how you felt afterward were probably emotional eating or binge eating episodes because you just didn't want to address how you were feeling afterwards, which means what? That there's something emotionally that was going unchecked that you're now filling the void with food. So that's a powerful way as well. But then we know these episodes are going to take place. So how do we reflect on that? And that's the biggest thing is reflection, right? And so it's like, if you can look at, you have an emotional eating episode, don't beat yourself up. Don't use an excuse to be like, well, fuck it. I'm like, not gonna, uh, I'm, I'm never going to accomplish my goals. So now I don't have goals anymore. Right. Cause we know mm-hmm. what that self-sabotage cycle can look like. Right. And that's, a, that's another conversation, but after an episode, be kind to yourself, understand you're only human. When you're trying to change something in life, you're not just going to change overnight. One thing I like mm-hmm. to say about the change process is like, you don't just decide you're going to change and then you're changed. Right. It's like yeah. one of those things where it's like, you'll revert back into old behaviors and then you'll have some positive steps and then you'll revert back into old behaviors. That's part of being human. And so it's like, when we can reflect, it's like, what happened? So the emotional eating episode, what happened? Mm -hmm. Right. Why did it happen? Right. Why did it happen? What took place? How are you feeling? Like, why did, why did this take place? Why do you think this took place? And how are you going to go about doing things differently in the future? And that frame is so powerful because you reflect on what took place. You reflect on why you think it took place, what, what emotions or what things were going on that led you to make these decisions. And then how are you going to go about it differently? So then it's like, you look at it as like an opportunity to learn next time I'm in that situation. How am I going to navigate it differently? Right. Mm -hmm. And that can be just so powerful. Yeah. I love that. That's some great um, actionable steps for people to take. You know, I always like to ask my guests, you know, what are like two, three, two or three things that you would recommend someone who is trying to lose weight and maybe they are struggling with emotional eating since we've been talking about this topic today. What are two or three things you would recommend them start doing? And I mean, besides what you just mentioned, but is there anything else you would, you know, actionable steps that they can start using today to start getting through that boundary? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, you know, I would say, so it's funny, like I think about this, right. And it's like, um, you, there's going to be so many influences on your, your decisions. Right. And, and I say that cause I, I want to tell a quick story. That's kind of funny. It's like Saturday, I drank way too much wine. And so Sunday it was like, I, now I can notice these things. It's kind of crazy when you've been doing this for years. Right. But like I was hungry Sunday morning and I probably went, you know, a couple hundred calories over what I wanted to Saturday. And I'm like, God, why am I hungry? And I realized it was influenced by like the alcohol and, and all of that, maybe not getting the greatest sleep, right? Which not getting great sleep usually leads to increased cravings. And instead of eating whole food, I was like, man, I really, there's like this really good strive biltong. It's like beef jerky, right? And I'm like, man, I really want some of that strive beef jerky. And this company, Lesser Evil, makes these things called, they're called peanuts. They're their newest product. And they're like, mm-hmm. 10 grams of protein, 10 grams of fat, like six grams of carbs per serving. So I'm like, man, I was feeling snacky. And I was like, I really want some of that. And so like, I ate a little bit of both of those, right. Got a good amount of protein. I'm like, this is fine. Like I'll still be able to stay on track for my calories today. Um, and then I ended up eating more of the peanuts and then I'm like, man, I, but I, you know, I tracked it all. And so then I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I'm still hungry. Right. So I waited a little while and I'm like, 
thinking about what snacks I could eat. And then I'm like, no, you know what? I'm actually going to eat whole food. So then I got like some, so around two o'clock, about two or three hours later, I ate some ground beef. I ate some cabbage. I ate some zucchini and I had an apple. Right. So I filled up on a lot of whole nutritious foods and that really led me to be able to like stay on track and stay within my calories for the day. And that was due to creating the awareness around where my choices were leading me, where maybe my cravings were leaving me. Right. So I would say like creating awareness around the choices you're making is, is so key, right. Creating Mm -hmm. awareness around the choices that you're making and the influences that, that could be, you know, the things that could be influencing them. Mm -hmm. So like, what does your lifestyle look like? What are your, what are your habits look like? You know, how's your sleep? How's your recovery? How can these things influence your cravings or, you know, your desire to eat, right. goes back to feelings as well. What are you doing for personal development? Are you doing anything on the personal development side? If you're struggling with emotional eating, right? That's something that needs to be addressed um, from the emotional side, first and foremost, if you ever want to get to the point where you can, can lose that fat. Because at the end of the day, and I'm a big proponent of this in my coaching program, I don't know how, if you coach clients through this, but like, if a client wants to lose fat, like I truly believe they're going to have their best chance of success if they're tracking their calories. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you have to build the skill set of being consistent with tracking your calories if you want to get to the point where you can enter a true fat loss phase in a caloric deficit, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times it's going to be hard to even hit your calories at maintenance because you have all these skills you have to build. Not only do you have to build the skill set of consistently tracking and hitting that calorie intake, but you've also got to develop the skill of eating, right? Like eating a lot of whole food, nourishing your body with a lot of micronutrients, right? And so I think that is key, really. That's like the number one thing. If you want to reach your fat loss goals, you should ask yourself, do I have the skill set of being able to track my food and remain consistent with it. Because if you if you don't, right, you're you're gonna struggle. And the thing that's most likely gonna pull you from that and and you know uh draw you away from being consistent with that, I believe a lot of that's gonna happen from the emotional side, right? It's like when emotions go unchecked, those are the things that are going to lead to emotional eating, to binge eating to, And a lot of times during those episodes, what do we do? What's the first thing that falls away? We don't track our calories for a multitude of reasons, mm-hmm. maybe because we just proverbial, proverbially blacked out, if that's a word, right? Proverbially blacked out, like we just went into this binge mode and like we're just not mm-hmm. going to track it. Or maybe we're ashamed of like yep. the, the emotional eating or the binge eating. So then we're not going to track it, right? But then we have to realize that like these episodes, if we can't contain them, if we can't get a grip on this, if we can't heal this part of it, we c- we're never going to be able to lose the fat. So the very first thing is like you need to build the skill set of being able to consistently track your calories. And if emotional eating or binge eating is keeping you from that, well, then that's the very first thing you need to address. Remember back to my story about the client. It took her four months, four months of tracking her calories Mm -hmm. every single day until she got to the point where she's like, 
okay, I'm ready. I can be consistent with this and I'm going to be consistent. And now she's losing fat. So hopefully I know that was kind of like long and drawn out, but I think that's the, that's, that's really what is ultimately required for success and, and sustainability. Yeah. I think that's great. Thank you so much for sharing all that, you know, a ton of tactical information. I think a lot of listeners will be able to relate to with emotional eating and, you know, hopefully this will get them steered in the right direction. And, you know, I really appreciate you coming on today and really sharing all that you know, information, especially about your story. Super inspiring. Um, again, you're super proud of what you've accomplished throughout the you know, past multiple years. Yeah, dude, appreciate you, man. Thanks for uh, having me on and, and this, this space to talk about this stuff. Absolutely. Of course. Where can people reach out and talk to you if they have questions? Yeah, for sure, man. Great question. So, <clears throat> excuse me. You guys can find me on Instagram. It's just at Stephen Thybert underscore coaching or um, on Facebook, Stephen Martin Thybert. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome, guys. And I'll put all of his links into the show notes. So go check him out and reach out to him and chat with him. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. And again, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on the show. 100%, man. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. You too, man. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.